You're listening to Podcateers. Hello and welcome to episode 311 of Podcateers. On a weekly basis, uh, we have the opportunity to sit down and talk and have some fun. And I've talked about how we use the Disney company, their parks, and their characters as a form of escapism, you know, to help bring a little magic into our lives. Uh, For instance, this week, Mel and I have the opportunity to welcome back our pal Jason, and we talked about how things have been going at Disney World since Disney Springs reopened, uh, the anniversaries of the Galaxy's Edge extensions, uh, a couple of other park-related topics, and this cool new project that Jason is taking on. But because our show is primarily driven by this magic, uh, we try to stay away from talking about what we know as the real world and and the bad news because we're constantly being shown those stories and updates almost everywhere you look but sometimes it's just hard not to talk about them the last several months have seen unprecedented change in how we live our lives and interact and we know that at times life has just felt less than magical Uh, This may seem obvious, you know, to you looking from the outside in, but uh, I recently came to the realization that every episode that we produce is not only a snapshot of the parks, news, etc., but it's also a small snapshot of how things in our society and the world around us are constantly changing. This last week, The news cycle was primarily driven by a blatant disregard for human life in Minnesota and the series of events across the nation triggered by that incident. Uh, The truth is that that incident didn't trigger those events. Uh, What happened was just the tip of the iceberg for a group of people that have been suffering these types of injustices for hundreds of years. I want to be clear that I'm not an expert in anything that is happening and I can't begin to offer any type of solution outside of support. I wish that I had a magic wand that I could just wave and magically fix everything, but I I don't. Obviously, I'm no one to tell anyone else how to feel about this situation or what they should or shouldn't do. Uh, We don't consider ourselves freedom fighters by any means but what i can tell you is that my heart has been very heavy knowing that this week served as a reminder that members of my family and friends have to live a darker parallel to mine depending on on where you live you may hear a different narrative but in general don't let the message be scrambled That message is that black lives matter. We all have the basic right to live, not because of where we stand, but because we're human. I understand that things like this have happened before and that there are many others that have suffered from these injustices, but our hope is that these events aren't in vain and that this truly sparks much needed change because for many of us in a few days, it'll be business as usual. But for many, the fight is going to continue.
I understand that a lot of you, if not all of you, uh, tune into our podcast to escape reality, to have a laugh, and to enjoy yourself, maybe learn a little something about the parks that we love. And although we tend to not stray away from that, uh, we felt this message and cry for change is important to communicate. Black lives absolutely matter and things need to change. Uh, We'll include some links in the blog post for this episode for resources regarding the Black Lives Matter movement. You can check those out by going to podcasters.com slash 311. If they're useful, please feel free to share them. Uh, Again, we understand that this is not what you may have been expecting or used to hearing uh, to kick off our podcast, but we appreciate you taking the time to listen. And with that said... Here is episode 311 of Podcateers. All right, so I have to ask you both. Is yeah. there one particular snack in the entire resort that you are missing right now? Churro. Churro. <laughs> Jason, what about you? Man, that's a good question. I th- I don't know, man. I think just the ability just to walk around Epcot with a cold beer in my hand and enjoy the sights and sounds. Cuz I'm I'm okay. not really I'm not really a snack person. I mean, I hate to say it. Like my wife's a foodie. She has a Disney food podcast, you know, it's her thing. But for me, it's like, like she actually had me on her show and asked me these a bunch of questions about Disney food. And I was just like, I like to go there and, and drink when I can. And every once in a while, I get a Dole Whip and uh, maybe go to Mr. Go to Tony's Pizza or something, you know. I mean, I just, nice. I don't really have anything specific. <laughs> Do you like spicy food? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've actually been eating a lot of Indian food lately. Oh, right on. So here's a tip. Since you like to travel with beer, as do I occasionally through California Adventure, the jalapeno Mickey pretzels are fantastic with Mm. a beer. So if you ever have a hankering for a snack or if you ever need a default snack for these types of questions, Mickey pretzel with jalapenos and a beer, totally the way to go. That sounds great. Um, Uh, I guess to come to mind then, uh, the cheeseburger egg rolls that they have in Adventureland. I'm sorry, cheeseburger what? Yeah. Yeah, so th- so <laughs> these were around for Same. about a year or so, and then they went away, and everybody was like freaking out about it, and then they uh, brought them back. So they do a, a pepperoni pizza egg roll, I believe <gasps> it is, and then they do a cheeseburger egg roll. What? Wow. Yeah, All right, that g- sounds delicious. Yeah, the, the cart is right outside of uh, the Tiki Bird room, right next to where the Dole Whip and everything is. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that's nice. appropriate because I am going to be talking about Dole Whip in a second. But if I had to choose a snack, people that have been listening for quite some time know that I love popcorn. Disneyland popcorn is the way to go. And years ago, my former boss, uh got a popcorn machine and I kind of jokingly said oh well I'm just gonna make popcorn for everyone in the office and five years later every Wednesday without fail up until we left the office I was making popcorn for everybody because this we had this machine available uh, until it broke we actually ended up getting a second larger machine because our department had grown so much that 
that little machine just couldn't handle everything that we were trying to put it through it was like one of those little cart ones like those little family popcorn machines but man Mm -hmm. we put it through its paces and when it broke he said do whatever you want with it i was like well can i just take it home and fix it since we're buying a bigger machine for the office he said yeah do whatever and so he wrote up a little contract that says i hereby relinquish this machine and everything and you know that way it was all legal and stuff and i brought it home i purchased a few parts to rebuild it the little uh, module that had burnt out i re-put it all together and now we have this popcorn machine at home so whenever i want i can just make fresh popcorn you can buy the same type of popcorn and the oil and everything that they use in the parks you can make it and it tastes delicious and for that extra bit of disney magic i toss it into a disney popcorn bucket and life is dandy everything is awesome wrong franchise wrong company (laughs) yeah at least for now but that's okay um and so it's funny because you mentioned the tiki room and uh, it reminded me of dole whips taco bell is really pushing this new pineapple whip freeze thing that they have that people are swearing tastes like a Dole Whip. It's like, oh, if you can't get a Dole Whip at Disneyland, you got to get this thing from Taco Bell. And I had it this week. Meh. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've seen it too. It, I mean, look, I've had the different flavors of the freezes at Taco Bell, and it's not horrible. I will say that they do add like a pineapple syrup to it, to their whipped ice to kind of give you that icy pineapple freezy taste to it. They add creamer or something to it to give it that like that like whipped ice cream type flavor. It's not ice cream. It's literally just whipped ice with syrup and a little bit of creamer to give it the illusion that that's what you're eating. But the creamer in the one that I drank uh, was clumping up and so it had like chunks of creamer in it instead of mixing well oh. with my drink and it looked curdled and weird oh, uh, it didn't taste yeah. like that it tasted fine but it, it was <laughs> separating and it just didn't look appealing so it kind of took me out of the moment but in general it did not taste like a dole whip it tasted like pineapple fanta oh interesting <laughs> Just the way you're describing, I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't want a mental picture, but it's happening. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm so it, sorry. it's probably going to go up on Instagram anyway, but I don't know if I don't want to discourage anybody from trying it because <laughs> I've had different drinks at different places and depending on who makes it and how busy they are and everything, like it normally tastes one way one day and a different way another day. But true. I mean, I'll probably not get it again. <laughs> I like I've tried it. I was fine. I could probably just like I would be content buying vanilla ice cream and chunks of pineapple and just eating that together. And I think I would be more content and feel like I was eating a Dole Whip more than how I felt drinking this drink. Huh. So if you like super sweet stuff go for it like i said i don't want to discourage anybody from buying it but will i buy it again probably not yeah it doesn't sound too appetizing yeah. i think just the just seeing the curdledness of it would make me uh want to just dump it out it was weird you want to see the picture of it i'll end up posting this on sure. instagram but i'll show you a quick picture of it while i was drinking it because it was okay oh you i see can the, see the oh you see the chunks it, you know, reminds me yeah. of like when I, when I was a, a a new dad and my daughter would lose her bottle and I would find it like a two weeks later under her bed. Oh, dude, ah. mm, no. that's what it reminds me ah. of. 
<laughs> All right, Jason said it, not me. <laughs> there you go, Taco Bell. Oh, That's what you get. Uh, it's nasty. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you, you guys go. know. I don't know if you guys know or not. Uh, according to my lovely wife and her uh, her other friend Amy, who have their podcast One Little Spice, uh, they did a whole episode on uh, Disney doing all the food stuff, like you know, they make it at home and what have you. And they did one for Dole Whip, mm-hmm. and they were saying that the actual Dole Whip recipe that they were giving people to make at home wasn't the actual Dole Whip recipe because they're it's a vegan friendly uh, food. So there's no milk in it whatsoever, and it's actually a powdered substance that they used uh, with the pineapple juice, I guess, concoction uh, that they use to make Dole Whips with. Yeah. I think you can buy the powder to make the Dole Whips at mm-hmm. home. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, can. Yeah, it's like super expensive, yeah. but you can get it. I mean, unless you know somebody, right? Yeah, I can exactly. Yeah. Get it for you wholesale, and then you can just make your own Dole Whips. But like I said, I'm, I, just, I think I just like pineapple and vanilla together so if i just had like a scoop of really good vanilla ice cream and pineapple chunks and then if you really want to go crazy and you don't care about the whole dole whip flavor but you still want to kick it up a notch throw some peanuts on there and now you have a sundae that tastes fantastic and it's close enough to a dole whip that it might pacify that need for a dole whip because it's summer and it's hot and sometimes you just need a delicious treat you know, or maybe you could add a little bit of rum to it, and hey, there you and go. And then it's a party. Oh yeah, yeah, they actually had that at Animal Kingdom, <laughs> and it's amazing. The the Dole Whip with rum. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I sometimes I question the things that come out of Animal Kingdom, <laughs> but I mean that's fine. I mean, this is the park that gave us edible poop at one point. So yeah, you're making a face like you don't remember that, Melissa. I I, I don't. <laughs> I, I'm like, wait, what? You remember that, right, Jason? I actually, I do not. I don't remember that. That's new no, to me. No, really? I, I'm literally like clueless. Okay. Uh, let me see when it was. You sure you're not talking about the gray stuff? No, no, no. So oh, in, I know. June, <laughs> in June of 2015, Animal Kingdom had put out like these little brown balls of, I believe, chocolate. Um, they oh. were supposed to be brownie flavored and stuff, but they had a giraffe poop an elephant poop um a hippo poop and they were all like (laughs) different variations of like fudge brownie flavor things and i i mean i get that they were trying to be all cute and stuff with it but really yeah oh my goodness they said it had like corn and stuff in it you know oh but they did have peanuts (laughs) yeah there you go peanuts exactly so there you go there's Lord. that's that's exactly what we should be talking about. I don't know how how who. Okay, I'm gonna blame myself. I think I derailed the conversation. Sorry about that. But yes, this was an actual oh. thing. You can Google it. Like I'm not making this up. This is like a legit thing that they sold once at Animal Kingdom, and I remember people are like, "What are you doing?" And they almost instantly discontinued it because it was weird. Like. <laughs> mentally being in that state of like this is what i'm about to eat you know it's like it just <laughs> does not compute you know what i'm saying oh yeah, yeah. it brings back uh, lots of stories that i probably will not share tonight <laughs> maybe maybe for one of the uh fgp calls one day you yeah. can share on on one of those so that'd be fun <laughs> Uh, speaking of that, uh, I do want to say thank you to the members of the FGP squad that had an opportunity to join us for our last FGP squad happy hour. Yeah. We plan on doing these on a monthly basis. I'm super happy with how it turned out. 
Uh, we used Zoom for this one, and everybody just kind of jumped on the call. We had an opportunity to talk for a little while. We talked about so many things like just different things in general we ended up playing some mm -hmm. games virtually like we all use our devices and we played some like jackbox games together so it was a super fun evening probably went on for two or three hours i don't remember exactly oh, yeah. how long it was heck yeah that's fun but yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next one and the information for that is going to be on Patreon soon. The tentative date for it, as long as we can get everything set up, is going to be on Saturday, June 20th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The reason we're choosing that time is because it will allow our friends on the East Coast to join in. Mm -hmm. This last one that we did, we started pretty late. We started at 9 p.m. Pacific, which was midnight on the East Coast. And so it made it a little difficult for people to jump in. So for the next one, we plan on starting at a little earlier our time to allow for more people to join us, hopefully. But it was a great time. Uh, I do want to send out a quick shout out to Drew, to Heather, Albert, to Miguel, Anitza, Jill, and to yeah. Melissa and Gavin, who joined in, obviously. Uh, it was a super, super fun time. I'm glad that we had an opportunity to do it, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, so. I actually got to meet some new faces, so it was really awesome. It was really cool and chill, so I'm looking forward to the next one. It was a lot of fun. A lot of good laughs, too. Yeah, some of them I was meeting for the first time through Zoom because, I mean, obviously, since we can't go to the parks right now, uh, this mm -hmm. is the next best thing. But, uh, I, again, this is it went super well, way better than I was expecting. So there's going to be at least one per month that we're going to schedule for the FGP squad. And then I might have some sporadic ones and just play a couple of video games and stuff like that, maybe just do a little bit of talking. Uh, I remember several weeks ago I had asked the FGP squad through Patreon if they would like some of these things. And I've been wanting to do a video game stream just playing some of the old Disney games like Aladdin and Lion King and all that stuff, like on the old Super mm -hmm. Nintendo and everything. I've been itching to do it for a while now. And so since my upgrades seem to have functioned fairly well, uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. That's going to be like the next step. And then if that goes well, we'll probably do the walkthroughs of Disneyland in inside of Planet Coaster that I talked about. So yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty like, you don't understand how freaking psyched I am about this. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, that's a cool idea. This is something I've been wanting to do for such a long time and didn't have the ability to do it. And now that I do, it's kind of all I want to do. Like time doesn't awesome. allow me to, but I mean, it's kind of all I want to do now. Like I'm so obsessed with it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty happy. So FGP squad, make sure that you uh, keep an eye out on Patreon. We'll also post it on Instagram and all that good stuff so that you're aware. And the connection info will be available at the sooner we are, uh, the closer we get to that date. I'll make sure to post the information on how you connect to the call. Uh, oh, and uh, I'm also in the process of researching and possibly starting up a discord server for us uh it'll allow us to connect with you know different members of the fgp squad listeners we're gonna have a private portion for the fgp squad we may do some of the streams through discord instead of zoom going forward depending on the type of, of stream that we're doing but i've been testing that out i wasn't very familiar with discord i had heard of it i knew people that used it but i'm kind of digging it 
and I'm kind of yeah. liking what I'm saying. So expect some testing to go on soon, FGP Squad, and I'll let you guys know if you guys want to help me test that out soon. So that's Heck coming. Yeah. Uh, oh, Galaxy's Edge celebrating yeah. its one-year anniversary. Yes. Uh-huh. So, so crazy, Florida's. Right? Yeah, so Florida's right. obviously opened a little sooner than we did, so they they're kind of ahead of us. But Galaxy's Edge here at Disneyland uh, opened this last week. Let's each share our favorite memory of Galaxy's Edge so far. Maybe share our favorite food, our favorite drink, if you have one. I know Jason, you said you're not big on that stuff, but if you happen to have one, we'd love to hear it. So, oh, I do. Uh, Jason, let's start with you. Okay. Um. So I I guess. I have three probably memorable experiences uh, being with the Disneyland opening uh, since I'm here in Florida. I was, obviously wasn't there for it, uh, but my wife, who at the time uh, was my girlfriend, uh, she was living in Boston, and they did the live streaming on YouTube of the grand opening, you know, at the celebration that night. So I FaceTimed her and just, like, held my camera and my phone up to the screen so she could, like, watch it with me. And uh, it was just like just a fun little magical technology moment that her and I had together, you know, watching this live presentation and seeing all the people coming out and then seeing Harrison Ford coming out and, you know, and, and Chewie in the cockpit of the, of the Falcon, you know, like all that stuff was just rad. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that here. You know, we had this, the, the X-Wing, X-Wing gate that I remember you guys were talking about. Don't mm-hmm. get X-Winged. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, but uh, it wasn't quite that spectacular. So that was that was my first memory. Um, second, mem- uh, you know, big memory is uh, being a cast member and all of a sudden finding out, hey, we're giving you guys a cast member preview. And because I work for a third party, a lot of times there's things that uh, we don't get like that. Uh, for the longest time, for years and years and years, Disney always incorpor- included the third parties into uh, a lot of events and stuff but uh, we don't have access to the hub quote unquote the hub which is what the cast members have access to for scheduling yeah. and everything reservations all that stuff i don't have access to that as a third party ca- uh, cast member so when i got the word like i was on cloud nine I'd, and but the hardest thing for me was to pick which kid i was going to take because we were only, only able to take one guest oh yeah so my son had, had been out of town for like a week i believe uh, with his grandmother up in Washington, D.C., and missed like three days of school because of it. And so his mom wasn't too excited about him missing more school, which I understand. I was still kind of like, come on, you know. But my daughter uh, was able to go. So I went and got her super early, and uh, we went. And it was it was super awesome to walk in there. It was raining, for one. So to me, the the wetness of the area, everything being kind of environmental wise, just made it that much more realistic for us. Having it raining and just like it just kind of like just made us so much more immersed into the experience. But seeing the Falcon for the first time was incredible. Uh, but I think for me personally, that that moment was just between her and I, like walking in there, like I can't believe we're here because we had been looking at this wall that had this amazing photograph of the Millennium Falcon that we took pictures in front of for like two years. And all of a sudden, we're walking through this entrance of this cave to go into this land, you know? And uh, But the, the memory from that was seeing the wait time for the Falcon only being 10 minutes. And oh, we went on yeah. the route. You know, we get on, <laughs> you know, we get on there. We get the little passes to go. We end up becoming uh, the engineers the first time, and which was cool, whatever. And because 
there was like nobody there. We just went right back on the damn thing again. We're like, okay, let's go again. And the couple that was in front of us were also in front of us the first time we went. So it was us two, them, and another couple. And we're waiting in the little waiting room to have us go into the actual uh, holding space. And the couple in between us, I'm like, we're all like, oh my God, I can't believe that we're here. Uh, no, actually, I take it back. That was the first time going into it. The middle couple... I, I talked to him like, hey, I can't believe we're in this in the Millennium Falcon right now. And they both were like, well, we got to confess, we've never seen any Star Wars movies. And we're all we're like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? You're going to go watch them now, wow. aren't you? Like, they, we were completely surprised. So they had, like, no idea what they were getting themselves into. So we got the engineering thing. The couple in front of them had already gone on this thing, like, four times. And so when we went back the second time, the first couple who had been on there multiple times, they were in our group in front of us, and they got the pilot again when we got the engineer again. And they knew we got the engineer again. So they turned around like, hey, you guys want to fly the Falcon? And we're like, yes, please. So yeah. we swapped out our passes and we got to fly the Falcon. And I knew what seat it was to, to, the, um, to go into light speed. So I let my daughter, you know, pull the trigger in a sense. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was, a, that was an amazing moment, you know, for sure. But I think like overall, the whole scheme of things was when I finally got to bring my son into the space and him seeing the Falcon for the first time. I'm going to get emotional talking about this. It was just, I have a video that I posted, just to, like, just to look on his face, everything was just, he was just so pumped, and just couldn't believe he was there, it was just, it was so fun, and just to have it actually, to capture the video of that, and my daughter took the video, like, of him, him and I, like, walking in, holding hands, you know, seeing the Falcon for the first time, and I haven't seen my kids in, like, two months right now, too, so it's been, uh, it's been tough with this whole corona crap that we're all dealing with, because yeah. they live, like, two hours away, you know, so, but anyway, so that was, like, it was an amazing experience, and getting to do all the food and the, the blue and the green milks and just trying everything out. And it was just, uh, that over overall was just like icing on the cake for growing up with star Wars, raising him star Wars, and then just going and seeing the Falcon for the first time, his first time experience, you know, it was, uh, that's super it was, cool, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, getting emotional here. No, no I mean, <laughs> I, I do too. Oh, when there's moments like that, I definitely get emotional you know, remembering them or watching videos. And uh, I, I completely understand what you're saying. Like, believe it or not, like, whoever's new to the podcast may not know that I was not a Star Wars watcher for a long time as well. It, it wasn't until the last couple of years that I finally started going through the Star Wars films, including the original trilogy. So I knew of Star Wars and people talked about it and I had seen pieces here and there, but I had never actively sat down to watch them. But I made an effort before Galaxy's Edge opened because I wanted to be versed in it a little bit more and kind of know what I was getting myself into and form my own opinions, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, I remember uh, we had a chance to go several times. And the first couple times we went with friends, uh, I was with Mel and our friend Jill, my wife. And I remember the first time walking in feeling completely different than how I feel walking into Disneyland. Like I walk into Disneyland and there's like this magic that just pours over. Like it feels almost like a cartoon or a, a movie where you feel like the sparkles just covering you from <laughs> head to toe as you're walking <laughs> underneath the yeah. train tracks. And with Galaxy's Edge, I felt the same thing, but it was like this excitement that like I couldn't contain almost like I just I had these like happy tingles all over um, walking inside and seeing this land that was completely immersive. 
you know i've never been to disney world so i've never been to magic kingdom i've never been to animal kingdom i've never been you know to to pandora which is fully immersive and all these lands are built to make you feel like you are there the closest i had come to anything really truly making me feel like i was there kind of was radiator springs but because you can see other landmarks in the park it still threw me out of the element so really the closest thing that made me feel like i was there was going to diagon alley at universal studios Mm. you know that was the first time i truly felt like i was inside of this land until galaxy's edge and galaxy's edge stepped it up to the 10th degree right Mm -hmm. and so by the time that we went with our kids I had a similar experience. You know, my my boys, very young, they watched a lot more Star Wars than I did because they watched the Star Wars cartoons. They played Disney Infinity all the time because they have the Star Wars playset. So they know about all these characters. They know everything. And I just remember seeing my youngest son, his eyes wide open looking at the Falcon like when we first (laughs) walked in. And he looks at me and he looks back and he's like, Dad. I'm like, I know. And his eyes are just like saucers, just hitting total awe. So I know exactly what you're feeling. Uh, So, yeah, that if I had to choose a favorite moment, I would probably say it's represented in a photo that I've posted to Instagram before where, you know, you like Disney does a really good job of making you feel like a prince or a princess, making you feel like a hero, making you feel these things that you normally wouldn't feel, right? And I remember being at Galaxy's Edge and watching the fireworks from the A-Wing, um, or that I, I forgot which ship we were in front of, but Chewie was there, and he, like, throws his hands up in the air during the fireworks show, and I happen to catch a photo, and it's one of my favorite moments. It's one of my favorite photos that I've oh, taken at awesome. Galaxy's Edge. And I just, <laughs> whenever, like, as a photographer, like, those moments are like, yeah, this was totally worth that one hour I was standing there waiting for this to happen. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Mel, what about you? The look of your face. <laughs> I know. I was so, like. It was awesome. It was like a little kid. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I, it just made me super happy. What about you, Mel? What's a memory that sticks out for you? Ooh, uh, there's so many. There's so many. Um, the first one, of course, is being there opening day and geeking out with everyone on Instagram Live. I mean, I was like <laughs> anxiety up there and everything, just being nervous. But to be able to share that with everybody and share that moment. And then on top of that. I got to meet Josh tomorrow, which sweet guy. Yeah. Just as as excited as uh, as all of us and whatnot, mm-hmm. and you just felt that in the air, and that's one. That's probably I want to say that's my top one, but my second one has to be. We were in the middle of I want to say the marketplace. Well, it's like marketplace slash docks, like that little walkway. And this is with Lynette and Jill, and we get to meet Vi. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, that moment of make-believe, just she takes you there. And I felt like a kid, man. 
haven't felt like that in a while. And she took me there. She took all of us there. Like we were just like, okay, we got to protect her. We got to do this. What do we got to do? Like she was on it. And that was just something that like it stuck in my brain. Like it was such a fun time. And the third one, I don't have kids, but I am a Nina. I am a godmother and my niece is my mini me. So this year I had the chance to finally take her to Galaxy's Edge. And man, we have been trying to mold these little brains <laughs> <laughs> and teach them, you know, everything geeky and stuff, different things just so they know. And to take her, ooh, you got to best believe she went straight to the cantina first. We're like, we're going to take you to see Rex. <laughs> Do this. That's funny. <laughs> Have some breakfast. There's no drinking. It was nine o'clock in the morning. No, <laughs> not gonna do that. But but you can. Let's just be there. clear. Oh yeah, Ju- Julie huh? does. She, but she you can. Has, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's just you, be you clear. Can. You, you can. can. <laughs> I just didn't want to. <laughs> um, but to take her there, and then, you know, because we knew what's behind there is the Falcon, and I'm like, oh, how do I do this? How do I do this? I got to see her face. I got to plan this out. I got to just document this because this is a huge moment. So we go and then she's on her phone. I'm like, look up, look up. Like, what are you doing? She looks up. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm like, yeah, take it in. Breathe. Take it in. It's real. And then we got to go on um, smuggler's, smuggler's Run. I got pilot. I was like, uh-uh. You get it. One, I love being an engineer. Stick me in the back. <laughs> I like seeing everything from, <laughs> like, all the action and stuff. But um, I have a picture of her face the moment we stopped. And I just, I had to see her face. And I took pictures. She's got the biggest smile, cheesiest smile. And I'm like, that was it. I'm done. Nice. This, this is it. This is the trip. This was, this was perfect. The rest is just cherry on the top That's like whatever awesome. we do after this so it it's things like that that just you know that that just make your day and whew, mm-hmm. yeah i'm trying not to <laughs> i'm like okay calm down you guys are both getting all teary-eyed back here i think what this what this really says though is that the fact that the three of us visit the parks as much as we do is that we really miss going to the parks right now like yeah. With all the chaos and all the everything, just the way the world is right now, and it's just, I need to go to a place where it's all just make believe and magical and fantasy, even if it's just for thirty minutes, just to breathe it in and just absorb it, just some for mm-hmm. a quick shot of that kind of thing. You know? I would not be if I would not be mad if I was stuck on st- small world right now. Oh yeah, totally. I agree. <laughs> where, where, just leave me there. Wearing a mask. There's, there's tons of people that care. normally complain about that song, and right now they're like, "Oh, what I would give to be smelling the smells of that water yes. and listening to those animatronic children." Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was a good day. I remember when you guys came back after meeting Vi. Like your face was like <laughs> gushing you're like oh my god look at the video but oh my god we just met by and this and it, it was <laughs> so funny it was a great afternoon yes yeah, she's a, she's a great addition to the park in there like we were we were mm-hmm. actually surprised when we saw her at ours 
And uh, I was videoing and everything, and, and I saw uh, Ray and Chewie come down, and, she, and Vi was with them, like, looking around, like, really into what she was up to, you know, like, looking out for the stormtroopers and everything. And I was filming them, and she comes, like, I, I got her on video, like, running right at us. And she comes, like, right up to us, and she's like, what are you doing? What's your communicator? Like, she's totally in the character and in the moment. Like making sure, like you know, we weren't the bad guys, and like we're not rebel spy. You know, like all this. I mean, it was amazing how much she immerses you into that whole land. I wish there was more of more mm-hmm. of that there. You know, like there should have been. Man, honestly, I can't wait to go back, and I'm gonna be that person that if I encounter Vi, I'm just gonna start saying things like, "I'm here to deliver the package." Mm-hmm. You know, and just saying things that <laughs> just saying things I shouldn't be saying. <laughs> But I know I'm going to get a kick out of it, and I don't even care. I don't even care. And if I can get my hands on a little animatronic child, I will carry him with me and just oh, yeah. walk around. Oh, I'm going to get such a kick out of it. We have our, we got the plush, and uh, thank God we finally got him. And we don't have any place to put him in the, in the box that he comes in is like his little little cradle. You know, it's a cute little packaging. And I'm like, where are we gonna put him at? So uh-huh. he's in our, he's in, he's in the back of our closet right now. So when you open up the cl- the closet, you can see him kind of peeking through the clothes. And it's such a realistic looking child. Like it's just crazy how even though it's a plush, it just looks like it came right out of the movie or out of the TV show. You know, the series. That's is, cool. It's so it's so wild. Nice. Yeah, yeah. we're. I need one. Him. I need one. Uh, well, let's talk about some of the favorite foods and drinks that we've had there. If you could choose one drink and one food item from galaxy's edge what would you say are your favorites uh was it docking docking Ooh. docking bay seven is that what the restaurant's called yes yeah yeah so uh before they changed the menu and then changed it again back to what it kind of was uh they have those little uh like it's like a veggie falafel kind of ball of something that comes in a sauce and it's Ooh, got a little yeah, uh, yeah, pita yeah. bread with it and stuff um, yeah, Ooh. it's probably my favorite thing they have there. I can't think of the name of it. I probably could go on the app and look at the menu, but it's incredible. It's like for a for a vegetarian. Like whenever I'm not a ve- I'm not a vegetarian, but whenever I go places, restaurants, I have vegetarian on the uh, stuff on the menu. I always add it, get it just for adventure. And that was probably so far my favorite thing they had. Just like the sauce and the the meat texture it was like a like a meatball, but it wasn't. It was like some kind of veggie, some kind of something. They got a name for it. But th- that was really cool. I, th- I think for me, like, I guess there's a cookbook that came out for that particular restaurant. And uh, oh, wow. the, I guess the story is that, that the, the ship that's on top of the restaurant is basically like the food truck for the chef. And he had to go someplace to land and, and, and get away from the, the bad guys. So that's where he went to and decided to open up shop real quick. <clears throat> and that's why all that junk's in there, all the crates and everything else that he had to unload out of his ship. And just kind of open up this real quick little food truck kind of esque restaurant inside the space. It's kind of fun, but uh, you know the sporks, you know, which is obviously you got to pay for nowadays. Um, which, yeah. on a side note, it's there's all kind of uh, sporks that are being made now through Disney by based on different characters that I think are kind of funny. But oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah I think the, I think the just the immersion of that. And myself personally, I haven't got a chance to go to the cantina yet, so I haven't gotten in there and had the beers and the drinks and the been immersed with the with rex yet but the nice. hangar bay seven places uh got some stuff and in terms of like the milks that are there i'm still kind of hope they start to kind of revise those a little bit because they they could use a little something i'm not really sure what they could do differently to them but uh i think it was the blue milk that has the tequila in it 
I believe, was the one that. Uh, Not I, here. It's really good. Oh, you guys don't have the alcohol in the blue? No, here they taste oh, like fabric that. softener. Oh, man. Yeah, so the <laughs> blue milk has the tequila and the uh, green milk has the rum. I think it's how what? it goes. What? That's interesting. All right, we're getting shafted here. Hey, dude, if you're afraid to fly, but if that can entice you to get out, get your butt out here, you know? <laughs> All right, let's do whatever, it. I'm, I'm whatever in. Whatever it takes. <laughs> I'm in. But it, it definitely helps to change the flavor a little bit because th- those drinks on their own are a little bit much for me. Yeah. I, I, they I'm are a sweet a guy, I, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's a weird thing. It's, it was, I was a one and done kind of deal until I had the one with the alcohol, and I was like, oh, I could maybe have a couple more of these yeah. every once in a while. I know I joke about it a lot that I felt like it tasted like drinking Downy. But, I mean, that's it, not the case. I mean, it's just a little too floral. That's what it is. Like, it has a floral taste to it. And yeah, totally. when I drank them, I felt like they were a little too overpowering, which is why I kind of joked about them tasting like fabric softener. They don't taste like fabric softener, okay? I'm not saying go eat a Tide Pod <laughs> or anything. Uh, it's just the fact that that's what it tasted like to me. Uh, I did look up the plate that you were talking about. I think it's the Felucian Garden Spread. Uh, it, it looks like hummus and a couple of meatballs with pita bread yep. and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's what it's called, the Felucian Garden Spread. I've never had it before, but I'm looking at it now, and yeah, dude, that looks delicious. Oh, man, it's, it is amazing. And save that's the pita for the end. And what's fun is they just rip it like you would as if you went to like you know some middle nowhere restaurant. They're, they're not cutting it nice and clean. They just rip the bread like they, you know. So that's super authentic. That's cool. I like it. That's cool. I don't think I have a favorite food yet. I don't think I've actually like really ate enough to be like, this is my favorite or whatnot. But the one thing that is my favorite is the sour sarlacc. Oh, And that's yeah. at uh, Ronto Roasters. Yeah. That is like my favorite drink. Yeah. I heard Was it's that good. the one that tasted like mango? Yeah. Okay, I remember it now. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It tastes like that, but it the, like the little the lollipops, the paletas, the ones yeah. that have the mango with the chili. That's what it tastes like. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember it. I remember. I think it was Jill that got it also, and uh-huh. she let me have a drink of hers um, when she got it, and I remember really enjoying it. Uh, I regretted just getting a soda. Like I felt like I should have just gotten that. And been much happier with the drink, uh, especially considering that at that time I didn't particularly like the Ronto wrap. I, like I remember having it and just not being about it. Uh, yeah. The one thing that I do remember having that I was all about and I would totally get again is also from Docking Bay Seven. It's a smoked kadu pork ribs. Mm. Like they just had such a good flavor. I kind of imagining them now and i kind of want some <laughs> and then in a close second was the um, the tip yip oh yeah which the... was like that giant chicken nugget thing that they have yeah like it it basically tastes like chicken pot pie and i was uh, like really really into that as well but the the smoked kadu pork ribs are possibly my favorite thing inside of galaxy's edge food wise drink wise i would have to say the fuzzy tauntaun just that crazy (laughs) feeling when you drink it of that numbness you get is just (laughs) unlike anything i've ever had before and it has like a cool like a nice sour taste to it like if you could liquefy the warheads candy and that initial sting that you get from like how you pucker your mouth when you first eat one that's Mm -hmm. kind of what you get throughout drinking the fuzzy tauntaun like I, I just dig it. I think it's a cool experience that really helps keep you in the element. So it's tasty, uh, and 
uh, ambient-wise, it just fits really well. So that those would be my two top choices for me. Heck yeah. We actually, uh, Julie and I did an episode uh, on for our FBI Disney show uh, about the food there, which I am completely forgot about. And the title of our episode was "I Was Born Knowing Tippiep is Chicken," and that was the, <laughs> and that was right when they changed the names to like you know chicken and pork and beef. We're like, what are these people doing? It takes away the whole immersiveness of being in Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's agree. part of the experience. I'm glad that they went back to the original names because yeah. you're right. If the citizens of Batuu are told to not break character and they are constantly referring to being off planet when you go into the park and all that stuff then why should the menu be any different yeah exactly that was the crazy thing they had pictures and they all had descriptions of what the food actually was which is why it was so strange to me when they decided to make that change but i'm glad that they went back because it it's just part of it especially with as long as you're in line for waiting for your food you have plenty of time to sit there look at the menu and and figure out what it is you want to eat and read the descriptions of the stuff it's like we, totally. I, I made a, a lot of fun of a lot of people on that episode that we did. Just, you know, I mean, how it is. Some of these people that go to these parks are just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a family uh, friendly show. <laughs> well, well, then let's move on. Then shall we? <laughs> Please. Uh, uh, we now know that Disney or uh, Walt Disney World has a phased reopening as of this recording. The Disneyland Resort in Anaheim doesn't yet have a plan, but with the success of Shanghai, Florida officials have actually approved a plan to start reopening the parks in Florida on July 11th. Jason, I know that uh, Arribus Brothers is, you know, at Disney Springs and that you've kind of gone on property. Uh, I know you have some new projects going on that have prevented you from being on property full time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But tell us what it's been like. Tell us what you've heard, some of the changes and all that stuff going on. Yeah. So uh, June, or not June, we're in June now, May 20th, uh, Disney Springs officially opened to the public. And uh, I got off at around five o'clock that day. And so I wasn't working there, but I was around the corner. Uh, Julie met me at the at the parking garage. Uh, so Disney Springs basically has it set up to where, like most places right now, whether you're shopping at you know Walmart or whatever, they have like an entrance and an exit to keep everything you know kind of tracked. Um, their their setup, I think, was a really good test for Disney to run through the whole process of figuring out the logistics on how to deal with the crowds, how to deal with the whole temperature checks, making sure you're wearing a mask, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the first phase of Disney Springs, uh, I guess it was actually like a three, almost four-part phase because it's not 100% open yet. Not all the shops are completely open or restaurants, but most of them are now. Um, so the 20th was mostly third-party shops. Um, you have the east side and the west side. The west side is mainly like the World of Disney and the marketplace. And then I, I think that's how it goes. And then the east side is more Disney stores. Uh, it's also like where Cirque du Soleil is, House of Blues, all that, those kind of places. Uh, all That whole end was all shut down. Uh, we have the Lime and the Orange parking garages. The Lime garage is on the west side, which is where the marketplace is. And then the Orange is on the other side. They were both open, so you could still walk through the east side of Disney Springs, if that all makes sense. Um, but what they did is they limited how many levels of the parking garages were actually open. And they actually only opened up half of the level so they basically had a corral set up to where you had to go through this little line. Um, they had the uh, local uh, Advent Health 
was uh, the nurses were actually on site doing temperature checks, which I think for guests visiting, it gave them a little bit more sense of security, knowing that there's actually medical professionals on site doing temperature checks and not just some random cast member uh, that may not be trained or whatever. I mean, I know they're going through some serious training right now. They have been, um, but it was a pretty easy thing. They had uh, complimentary hand sanitizer that you could use if you wanted to. Uh, They made sure you had a mask on before you even got into the space to do your temperature checks. They had, I believe it was five, maybe six different uh, lanes open with a person there checking temperatures. They had signs on the floor saying, stand here, stand, you know, in terms of waiting your turn to get in. Um, The crowd levels were really low, which was nice to see. I actually like Disney Springs when it's not too crazy there because you can actually walk around and not feel like you're going to suffocate from all the people. Um, like I, like the holidays at Disney Springs is like elbow to elbow. It's chaotic. It's like being in the middle of Main Street after a fireworks show all day. Mm. It's just it's crazy there. Mm-hmm. So we walked around a little bit, kind of just saw what was going on through the springs. Uh, you know, part of the rules that they has if 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 you're eating at a restaurant, you don't have to wear a mask. Um, if you're having a beverage while you're walking around, you don't have to necessarily have a mask on. There was no reservations. They were all walk-up reservations you had to make, or you can just walk up and see if a table was available. We weren't really sure how the restaurants were going to handle the spacing of the tables, if they were actually going to remove tables, or what they were going to do. Uh, we went to end up going to the boathouse. Well, first we went to our favorite uh, food truck. Uh, we have Four Rivers Cantina. That's there. Uh, they have a they're a big smokehouse here in town. It's kind of a franchisey kind of place, but they have a, uh, a cantina Spanish style food truck that does uh, burrito bowls and they had this taco cone it's incredible um and it's all like beef brisket and you know and like really good stuff so they had their little signs on the floor and where to sit and you know where to stand you know um they have their normal tables set up for the seating that were more spread apart uh they have a couple of stand-up tables that are their normal stand-up tables so we went there we had that to eat first um, and then we walked around. I went by the Rebus Brothers store to say hi to my cast that I hadn't seen since we had the closure. Uh, just It was nice seeing that everybody was healthy and, and there and, and doing their thing. Everybody's got their masks on. Um, they said that that morning when the first opened up, it was packed. And it wasn't packed like elbow to elbow. They're still limiting how many people can come in. Uh, but it was mostly all the vloggers and people wanting to get like you know the, the first shots and videos and stuff of yeah. what's going on there. Um, but then it kind of slowed down. And... Mid-afternoon, it was probably 89, 92 degrees, and it wasn't for us very uncomfortable just for the little bit of time we were there walking around with our masks on, but it made me really wonder how it's going to work in July, August, September here in Florida when it's 95, 98 degrees out, and they need to check your temperatures, and you're 110 degrees just waiting in the queue just to get into the place. So they actually had some tents that were set up. Um, so they actually had, thinking about it now, they had a third entrance. Um, we have uh, Hotel Plaza Boulevard, which is like a main, the main road that goes through all, where all the hotels are. And they have some footbridges that connect from the hotels onto the springs. So going down there, they also did temperature checks. But if your temperature was at a certain level, they had a tent they would have you go into to cool down. And it wasn't just you that would go in there. It was your whole party had to go into this tent. And then after so long of wait, giving you a chance to cool down, if your temperature was still elevated, then they wouldn't let you on property and nobody in your group either. Everybody had to leave. Um, if you didn't oh, have wow. a, yeah, yeah. It, wow. If you didn't have a mask on, you're not allowed on, on, on the property. They told they were not letting anybody in without a mask, 
we did see a lot of people walking around that had masks either halfway down or you know not really wearing them like they should be quote unquote uh it, it seemed like it the starbucks was open there so people were were not really practicing the social distancing waiting for their coffees um it was it was kind of interesting kind of seeing how they were trying to figure out how to make this work right so we went up going to the boathouse uh, which is a very popular restaurant. They have the amphicars that you can go in, like on the lake in these little small, like '57 Chevys, and they're like little mm-hmm. motorized boat cars that go around the lakes and stuff. Um, they have a uh, when you get into the car, they have a, a large wheel like on a ship that the captain will rotate the wheel, and it actually rotates the ground. So the car pulls up; it's facing the lights. Headlights are facing you, and then they turn the wheel and it turns the car around, so it's facing back towards the water. And there's like a, a cage around that, probably about 270 degrees around the, the car, right? That you can stand there and people will take pictures and watch what's going on. But on the ground below you, they had uh, stickers that were like, don't stand here. And then they had some other areas oh, that had stickers that said stand here. And we understood it because we were reading the signs. But if you don't, if you don't say you don't speak English, for instance, and you can't read English either, you may not know what this, these signs are saying. Because one times one sign says stand here, one sign says doesn't stand here. It's kind of interesting mm. seeing it. Um, but people were people were being being respectful, you know, just keeping their distances. We walked right into this restaurant, got a table, no problem. Um, what we noticed with the tables is that the tables, if it was a white tablecloth, they were being sat. If it was a black tablecloth, they weren't being sat. There was nobody at the bar. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, they definitely had everybody spaced out. We sat out there. There's, there's a huge dock that goes off the back of this restaurant, so you can actually go sit on the water. So that's where we went and sat. They had the tables all spread out. All the wait staff was wearing masks. Um, they had specific casts that seemed like they were dedicated to doing the cleaning and the maintaining of that kind of stuff, of the, making sure everything was good. Uh, whether it was the just giving you water, you know, like our waiter never brought us water. He brought us our drinks from the bar, but you know, not didn't pour us water basically. It was it was interesting how they were doing it. Um, I think capacity wise, even to today, I'm understanding like Labor Day weekend, right, just passed. They were still at very low capacity, like maybe 25 percent capacity. Um, yeah. Once the 27th, I think it was, came around, uh, most of the other restaurants and World of Disney opened up. Uh, day one of World of Disney opening up, there was a six hour wait of people trying to get into the store. I'm assuming a lot of the people trying to get into the store are probably eBay shoppers and personal shoppers for people. Um, the line, they had this, the spacing for people to stand in line. The line seemed like it went on forever. From I think wasn't there, but from what I saw in pictures and on social media. But they also were starting to gather in a group in front of the store. And there was a cast member out there that was trying to tell people to separate and not stand in a group like they were. And it seemed like some were listening to her and some weren't listening to her. So... With just this little example of seeing this, I'm really curious how it's going to be handled, say, at Epcot, when you have people there that are drinking all day. And again, if you have a drink, you don't have to wear a mask. And then people are starting to drink too much. And then they you know, get to a point to where are they really going to care because you got your, uh, you know, your liquid courage going on. So I don't know. There's, it seems like the Springs is a good case study for Disney to figure out how to make things work which is why I think that they waited until July where like Universal Studios it's opening on June 8th. So I don't know, it's 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 interesting. They have a they're they're it seems like every day they're changing policy on reservations, hotel dinings, I mean all this stuff. Uh, Julie and I, we actually booked our honeymoon for November. We got married back in January 
And we were going to have our family wedding in November on the 13th and then spend a week honeymoon somewhere. And we figured, why not just go to Disney for the week? So that we booked uh, the Animal Kingdom Lodge for the week that we're staying. We got a safari room, so the elf, the giraffes are like right on our back, you know, door and everything. Uh, we had all of our dining. Did we did the the, the high high end um, food dining package, so that we can go to all the nice restaurants and make sure that we're not spending a thousand dollars on dinner, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had all, all these tours planned that we already we paid for. Like everything, and then like two days later, we get an email. They canceled everything except for our hotel reservation. And because I'm a cast member, I got my cast member discount, which is fifty percent off, which is awesome. But those that were not cast members, say annual pass holder or whatever, um, they were giving thirty five percent discounts on hotels for anybody that had dining packages planned for reservations for that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's not a big deal. If you're staying at like a high-end hotel, like the Contemporary or something like that, that's $1,000 a night almost or 600 bucks a night. 35% off is a pretty good chunk of change. But if you're, say, yeah. staying at like Pop Century, that might be like 150 a night, 35% off, you know, isn't really too you know much of a savings per se. They've gotten rid of fast passes, no fast passes. There's no dining reservations. There's no, the Disney food plan, uh, meal plans, whatever, the dining plans are canceled until... September of 2021, which is crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's funny because here, I know that there's a lot of talks about uh, making mobile ordering uh, very prominent. You know, they want to encourage people to mobile order yep. going forward uh, to help with social distancing. But I didn't know that they had canceled the food plan until next year. Yeah, so I didn't either. So I can actually read if you want me. To, I can kind of. I got highlighted some of the stuff from the email that I got from them, which is uh, an yeah. important Walt Disney World update. Uh, it says, as we plan the reopening of our Disney Resort hotels and theme parks, we are keeping the well-being of our guests and cast in mind, and we're here to help you as we introduce new measures focused on delivering an enjoyable and magical experience for everyone who visits. To manage atten- attendance and foster physical distancing during this unprecedented time. We will be changing and suspending some theme park and Disney Resort hotel experiences, including the temporary suspension of Extra Magic Hours. Um, like we talked uh, pre-show, I'm going on to uh, Magic Kingdom's calendar for the 11th of July. They have Extra Magic Hours on there right now from 7.30 to 9. So I don't know if that's going to change or not. Um, it says, in addition, we will also be introducing new theme park reservation system. Uh, you'll receive access to the theme park reservation system before new tickets are sold to other guests. So if you're an annual pass holder or if you already have tickets for the parks, uh, they're going to allow you to be the first to be able to go on to the reservation. Basically, it's like getting a reservation to go on Rise of Resistance in a sense in terms of how they're going to be doing the queues. Uh, It says, unfortunately, these new measures have also required us to cancel any dining reservations, experience reservations, and Fast Pass plus, Plus selections you may have made, which we did all that. Uh, and for an entire week. So, like, Julie called me on Saturday, like, in tears because her honeymoon has been canceled. I'm like, honey, we saw this amazing resort, you know, et cetera. Um, so that being said, uh, it says, as a result of physical distancing, capacity in restaurants and availability of dining experiences is very limited, and certain experiences such as character dining cannot be provided. Uh, because of this, we have also made the difficult decision to cancel and temporarily no longer offer Disney dining plans. We recognize the inconvenience this poses, and we're deeply sorry. 
We will be modif modifying your package to remove the dining plan. The price of the package will be adjusted accordingly, and your modified package and price will be provided in a new confirmation. You'll receive a refund of the difference of the package, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and this is where the, the new stuff comes in. Uh, we will be contacting you shortly with more details about the process to secure new reservations, including our new dining and experience reservations windows, which will uh, accommodate new dining and experience reservations, uh, which you get 60 days prior to arrival instead of the 180 days, I believe is what it used to be. Mm -hmm. So 60 days beforehand, we can start to make our reservations, which I get because it allows Disney to just really manage yeah. the reservation aspect yeah. of things. Um, it says at this time, while systems update, we're temporarily suspending all modifications. However, you have the option of canceling your entire reservation at this time. We're putting a great deal of thought into helping you return to the magic and appreciate the patience. I mean, we knew that a lot of these modifications were going to be happening, right? There's been talk about this happening for weeks now. But the implementation, uh, now that we're seeing it in practice, I guess, I shouldn't say we were shocked about it because, like I said, we knew about it. But uh, it's becoming more real, you know, yeah. as people are getting these emails, as they're offering yeah. refunds. Um, just seeing people walking through Disney Springs we're closer to gaining, you know, some semblance of, you know, what was familiar to us before. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, with all the modifications, Jason, you made a really great point earlier that, you know, these stickers on the floor, if you don't speak English, don't understand it, it's going to be difficult. And it's just not the stickers on the floor, right? It's everything, mm -hmm. especially for people that you guys are in the area. Imagine the people that booked flights and everything to come from another country, yeah. you know, as part of their vacation plan. It's it's a super huge culture shock. And how yeah. Disney adjusts to it, like you said, people walking around with beers and how they're going to handle things at Epcot. Same thing here at, at DCA, right? People mm -hmm. walk around with drinks a lot more than, you know, anywhere else. And how they handle all of that, I, I guess, thankfully, I don't know how often or if it really happens at Epcot, but I feel like DCA doesn't really have a lot of those incidents. Like we tend to not hear about them you know, as much. And uh, when something does happen, obviously it, it goes through the whole Instagram scape and people mm -hmm. know about it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, just all the modifications, the the restaurant changes, that plan though, like having an, an entire year to not be able to get a dining plan, especially when you can get a dining plan and still do pickup you know, for for the food just seems odd to me. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, if you want me to also, I, I printed out uh, Disney's reopening with a new park reservation system. Yeah, what does the updated one say? So uh, so for one, something interesting is that they're actually going to be... So Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom, they open July 11th. Epcot Hollywood Studios opens up on the 15th of July. Uh, what they're doing is they're going to stagger the opening times and closing times of all four parks, which is pretty smart, I think, on their part. Uh, so Animal Kingdom is going to be opening at 8, Magic Kingdom opens at 9, uh, Hollywood Studios is opening at 10, and then Epcot opens at 11. And then Animal Kingdom is going to be the first to close. They close at 6, uh, Magic Kingdom closes at 7, Hollywood Studios closes at 8, and then Epcot closes at 9, which is their normal time. Uh, for Magic Kingdom, I think it's smart for them to close at 7 because it's still light time here. 
So for a fireworks show, they don't have to have an excuse that, oh, hey, we have to have social distancing, no fireworks. The sun's still up. That's We're not it. doing fireworks. Um, you know, it's pretty pretty smart on their aspect of things. So that's, that's, that's the most recent thing that I've heard in terms of what they're doing in terms of, the, you know, opening the parks. Um, but it says Magic Kingdom Park and Disney Park, which I just said opens on the 11th and the 15th. Um, so for park reservations... Uh, initially, park attendance will be managed through a new park reservation system. To enter a park, both a park reservation and valid admission for the same park on the same date is required, which means no park hopping. So you get one park a day, which is interesting. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, new ticket sales. At this time, new ticket sales are temporarily paused, so you cannot buy new tickets right now. Existing, existing ticket holders and annual pass holders uh, will be able to make reservation requests and phases before new tickets are sold. We have a lot of annual pass holders, like you guys do too. So it's probably gonna be oh, yeah. probably gonna be very similar. Uh, additional details will be shared with these guests soon. New ticket sales will resume after that period of time, which they don't have any dates yet. Uh, new Disney Resort hotel reservations, and thank God we reserved our hotel when we did because check this out. At this time, new reservations at Disney resorts and hotels are temporarily paused, so we can focus on guests with existing reservations. Disney Vacation Club members can still make new reservations, and reservations will resume after that period of time. So from what I understand, there are some DVC resorts opening up, uh, not only on property, but ones that are here in Florida over on the beaches and stuff. Still limited capacity. Uh, upon yeah. reopening, theme parks, Disney Resort hotels, restaurants, attractions, experiences, and other offerings may be modified and will be limited in capacity and subject to limited availability or closure based on the direction from health experts and government officials to promote physical distancing. Additionally, attractions, experiences such as shows, parades, and fireworks, services, and amenities may be limited, may have limited availability or remain closed. We will provide more information as it becomes available. We reserve the right to cancel any reservations, admission, media, or purchases, and provide applicable refunds. Uh, and then it says, top things that you should know. Here are the top things that you should know to prepare for a visit. Uh, again, to enter the park, you have to have both uh, reservation and valid admission for the same park on the same date as required. Must have face coverings. Uh, when they first did the masks, they only required that it was uh, people, humans, three years and up. Uh, they now changed it to two years old and up. Uh, also have cast members that have to wear face coverings and temperature screens are going to be done. Um, they also are very specific with how your masks have to cover your face. They have to be somewhat tight on there. You can't have any loose, you know, hanging masks on your face. Uh, physical distancing, blah, blah, blah. And then it's all going to be done through the My Disney Experience app. So I guess with the opening of Galaxy's Edge, it's kind of helped Disney really figure out the whole queue system through a app, uh, which I think is yeah. going to, you know, in the long run, uh, is uh, going to help. But what I think is the most interesting out of all of this, and it was something that they had when they started talking about Disney Springs, being open and the stuff that they were kind of the rules, quote unquote, that they were talking about. They had a, a liability release. Basically, what the, what it's, it says, and it's very specific. It's it's their lawyers speak. Um, is that basically that if you're going to the parks, that you're accepting your own responsibility for putting yourselves in harm's way, and that they are not responsible for you getting sick if you get sick. Uh, it says we have taken uh, enhanced health and safety measures. Follow all posted instructions while visiting Walt Disney World Resort. An inherent risk of exposure to COVID-19 exists in any place where people are present. So again, you're taking uh, your life into your own hands if you're going to Disney. I've seen something similar with the Universal as well. Kind of like the same word. Yeah. I mean, um, it makes sense. Words and whatnot. 
I mean, there's only so much that Disney can do, you know, to try to meet that halfway point, right? This is what we've been talking about, that mm-hmm. it's hard to find a midway point where people can feel safe and at the same time, you know, re-kickstart the economy. And if you're going out there, you are putting yourself at risk, especially considering that people cannot show symptoms. They can not have a fever and still be carrying the virus. So... Yep in that sense it's very possible that you can still catch it so uh i understand you know you are you are putting yourself at risk by going out into any crowd really it doesn't even have to be disney going out to the grocery store you know you have to you know put the same safety precautions into action so it's not exclusive to disney but you can't blame disney if you do catch it because they're trying to do as much as they can in order to prevent future spread but yep. they can't 100 percent be accurate on it and they're also trying to you know because the exp- you know the experience that we're going to have for us three and for those that go to disney all the time it's going to still be a disney experience for those that don't go that often that want to spend a week there and spend their ten thousand dollars they're not going to have that disney magical quote-unquote full experience potentially like you know that we have had in the past and they are they're doing everything they can to help accommodate whatever they can you know and have that magic still there but again there's no character meet and greets there's no parades uh, potentially yeah. they're still on the calendar for the not so spooky halloween parties are still there which means a parade um they're talking about potentially for the not so spooky that what they may do for say the fireworks shows and this could go for all the parks in general um, if you have a reservation to go to the park that day, that they may actually assign you a spot in the park to watch these fireworks shows or to watch a parade. You know, your, you and your party will be assigned a certain location. And because they have the ability to track you wherever you are in the park, they could ping a spot on your map to say, hey, this is where your spot is. And then you'll know when you're in your, on your spot, like a little GPS type of thing, which is pretty smart, you know, in a sense. Yeah. That is. You know, you guys being in California, you do get hot. You know, there's hot days, obviously, like we do here. I think our we're probably a little more of a longevity in terms of the amount of days that we're hot here. Um, so what they're looking at doing is they're trying to figure out logistically where they can actually have these uh, these rel- relaxation spaces that they're going to call them. Mm-hmm. That's going to allow you to actually cool down. Because I know, like I said, when we went to Disney Springs that day, it, it was it was pretty hot. And just the two or three hours that we were there... But the majority of the time, we were sitting at a table having drinks and dinner, so our masks were off. But walking around for the hour or so, it, it was pretty uncomfortable, you know, I will say. Julie made some great masks for us. They're very lightweight. They're, they probably don't protect us from anything, <laughs> you know, but they're still comfortable. However, it's still hot. So that's one of the things yeah. they're trying to figure out for our parks and for you guys as well is like where they can put these places at to, to keep people distancing from each other, almost like a smoking area in a sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but one thing I found that I didn't think about is with Epcot and we have the world showcase and the majority of the cast members that work in these countries are from out of the, from those countries and they can't come into the parks right now. And so, uh, we call them the flag shirts and they're the cast members who aren't from that country that work in those countries. They wear a shirt that has flags all over it from all the world. So the flag shirts are going to be running those countries for right now to make sure that they're up and going until they get to go ahead to allow the other uh, kids to come in from around the world to come to their countries to work within the countries, which Mm -hmm. is interesting. 
Um, they're going to be doing a lot of touchless payments on everything. So when you go in, you scan your magic band on the, on the, on the touch points. There's no finger required anymore, no fingerprints to match your band. It's just a scan and go. They're still having all of our transportation is going to be going. The Skyliner, the monorails, and the buses are all going to still be going. The minivan services, I'm sure, are going. I don't, you guys don't have the minivans there, but we have the the, the lift services. Basically, is the minivan, the the mini right. the mini mouse polka dotted uh, vehicles that they have. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know Bob Chapek did a uh, interview on one of the news stations recently, and, and uh, had talked about a lot of this kind of stuff. And you know, God bless him because this is a lot to figure out to run a multi gazillion dollar company in the middle of this comp this pandemic after they've lost millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars on a daily basis agreed yeah you know so it's uh it's interesting to see how it's gonna all gonna work and then yeah i mean you guys have you guys relaxed a lot of the, a lot of the, have you guys started phase one yet in terms of california we're kind of in phase one right now they're starting to kick in phase two so okay yeah, because I kind of wonder how they're going to work you guys with the two parks being connected. Kind of like going to Universal here, we can go to Islands of Adventure or into Universal Studios and, you know, through taking the Hogwarts Express, or we can walk through one of their little exits that they have. If they're going to have temperature checks there to allow you to go back and forth to both parks, so like if they're going to seal it off, like what they're going to, how they're going to make all that Well, work. I mean, for us, the the checks like the metal detectors and everything now are at the parking structure. So once you're past the parking structure, you don't have to deal with any of that. So okay. I, I assume that the temperature checks will also be at the parking structure yeah. so that when you go through security, you also go through the temperature check and then you're pretty much clear to do whatever you're going to do. But if you have a reservation for a park, they'll probably do the same thing here where you're limited to only one park and won't be able to park hop to expand the amount of people that are able to come in. Mm -hmm. So it, it's almost like we're all going to be on a flex pass for a little while. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's what they, that's, that's what they refer is, to it as, exactly. Yeah, for yeah the flex pass was basically set up this way where you make a reservation. Like Disney has some experience with reservations, right? They've, they've done it with attractions now with Rise of the Resistance. They did it through two different methods to see what worked. They also have experience, you know, with the D23 Expo and how they've gone through virtual queuing for that. So it's it's not anything new. It's probably they're going to take all of the data that they have from those experiences, put together something new or use one of those systems and modify it so that it works a little bit better for them. But like you said, things are changing on a daily basis. Yeah. So keep us in the loop, man. Let us yeah, know definitely. how how things are because obviously things get reported, you know, one way, but the experience is a whole different thing. Yeah, with and Shanghai has yeah. been a good good testing ground for the behind the scenes of how things are going to work because they're starting yeah. to slowly phase things back in. You know, some shows are happening there now. So, but you know, th things like our favorite rides, like we're not going to have the stretching room in the haunted mansion for a while. You know, that's going to be left out. They're going to probably just have the door open and we'll just be like, you know, have to go right through it. And the fact that I, I don't, I've never been on your alls, but you know, most queues are like a switchback. So you're, you know, switching back and forth and yep. walking by people and stuff, which is whatever. So it's going to be interesting to really see how they, they make this work. And also the fact that if you're on a like rock and roller coaster at Hollywood studios, you have to wear a mask when you're on these things, you're just supposed to keep them on all the time. So you got to figure out like, okay, is my mask going to blow off my face? 
what's what are they going to do if it gets caught in the tracks or if i you know do you should you bring a spare mask with you just in case you lose your mask during the day you know these little kind of things i think one thing that if they haven't yet thought about that they really need to start thinking about is that the masks do tend to restrict oxygen and the thicker the mask the more that it protects you it will restrict oxygen. And mm-hmm. so they should have, if they don't already have a plan of oxygen tanks being available that can be run out to the park somewhere if somebody passes out or if they're getting to that point where they need oxygen because it feels like it's going to be a concern, especially with summer coming and how the heat can also affect that. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting seeing everything happen for the next several months. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely connect again in a few weeks and see how things have changed. But uh, it, in general, before we wrap up uh, the discussion in the podcast for today, uh, make sure that you do tell everybody how they can connect with you, how they can listen to your podcast, the podcast you have with Julie, Julie's podcast, all that stuff. Yeah, so uh, under the Wise Guy Media brand that uh, we have created, uh, I have my personal podcast, which is a Glassblower's Companion. Uh, talk about glass art and I interview artists and share tips and tricks and just general business talk uh, for artists at which whether you're a glass artist or not it's it's a uh, beneficial information for anybody out there uh, who wants to be a professional artist um, I like I love the mentoring aspect of what I do with the show um, and then uh, her and I together Julie and I have our Disney podcast that is for adults only uh, right now it's called FEI Disney Last time I was on, after we got off the air, we talked about some potential branding changes here, uh, which we're yeah. still on the fence with. Uh, we're thinking about going with FEI Diz, potentially, uh, with the Diz Twitter kind of thing going on and uh, maybe changing it to that. We're still kind of in the middle trying to figure it out. Cause as much as we want to have a Disney affiliation, quote-unquote, we're not affiliated with Disney, and uh, we don't want to have the show taken down or also have Disney come after us for having this you know, adult content right. being you know, attached to it. Uh, but you right. can find us out there in all podcasts, uh, FEI Disney. Um, Julie's show that she does with her friend Amy is called One Little Spice. Uh, they took about a year off after she moved down here and we got married and stuff. So they're back on schedule. They do a bi-weekly show uh, talking about Disney food. They usually cover a restaurant and they then they get into the full uh, details of the menu, their experiences, you know, et cetera, with that show. Again, you can find One Little Spice on all podcast apps. Um, and then with my company, uh, with the Rebus Brothers that I work for, uh, they have been behind the scenes talking about, you know, it's, it, we're a third party company. And if Disney goes down again and has to close, how can we sustain and our revenue? Uh, we have an unfair advantage as a company. The fact that we have four gates just here in Florida, we're in all the parks all over the world. And we have 30,000 plus guests coming in the gate every day or did. So we had this constant revenue stream on a daily basis that went away immediately. Um, so behind the scenes, we're trying to figure out some ways of exposing ourselves even more so outside of the Disney umbrella. Uh, so through social media and stuff, which they really haven't focused on much. So uh, they've given me the opportunity to help uh, with another one of my cast members, uh, John, to help to really ramp up the social media and uh, myself personally and uh, just created our YouTube channel and am going to be showcasing the culture of Arribus Brothers, uh, doing interviews with all of our artists uh, filming them making pieces of uh, art that we do and showcasing, you know, the talent that we have. Uh, the company, you know, most companies, you see the faces of the companies. Uh, Walt Forever and Ever was the face of Disney. And he was really particular about not allowing his artists to sign stuff. There's very little stuff in terms of within the, the parks of, of the world of Disney 
that you don't see as artist signature. Uh, one of the only ones I know of in Magic Kingdom is the is the uh, the mural mosaic mural inside Cinderella's castle, the tile wall that's in there. Uh, the yeah. artist and his daughter did that, and their names are in the tile. And again, as far as I know, that's like one of the only pieces of art that's a Disney thing structure-wise that has an artist signature on it. Um, so our company is all about promoting the artists because we're the lifeblood of our company. And so my goal is to help to showcase not only myself, but the culture of uh, Arubus Brothers on an international basis. We're all over the world. You know, Again, we're in all the parks. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've got a chance to really get in contact with the other uh, managers and leads and stuff that run our, our stores. Um, they're sending me videos and stuff. And we have a, some very talented, amazing people that work for our company. And so it's a blessing to, to be able to do this and a great opportunity. Not only, you know, we all, I, I mean, I'm not sure about you guys. I know, Hazen, you were busier than most people during this downtime. Um, <laughs> but I took advantage of it and learned how to use through Adobe doing video edits just for myself. And now I'm this little bit of skills I've learned, I'm taking full advantage of it. Now I'm creating videos and editing and it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool opportunity. So after that long ramble there, uh, you can find a brothers on YouTube. Just uh, go to YouTube and look up a brothers. That's a A R R I B A S brothers. Yeah. And if you're out there and ever bought any of our products from us uh, and go to our stores, definitely throw us up on social media and, Give us a little hashtag and tag us in your pictures. Right on, man. Well, I'm excited for what you're going to get a chance to do to represent. I know you're super passionate about what you do and your art and just you're you're a perfectionist, you know, about what you do, but you're super talented at it. And the things that you make are just amazing. Uh, So the fact that you're getting the opportunity to showcase that and the other artists, I think is an amazing thing that you're doing. Um, Remember, dude, if you need some help editing or you need some tips, you know, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with premiere and all that stuff. So feel free to send me a text message and, you know, I'll help you as best as I can with that stuff. Yeah, I absolutely. But uh, it's super fun. I love editing. I love doing all that stuff. And like I said, I'm pretty excited for you. Dude, thank you for coming on the podcast yeah. again and, you know, giving yeah. us yeah, updates for and me. just chatting with us about everything. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. See you guys next week. Bye.